Blog Talk Radio. Dr. Karen Cam Radio Show. The intention of this show is to empower and inspire you to manifest the life of your dreams, whether it's radiant health, prosperity, loving relationships, or simply peace of mind. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm your host, Dr. Karen Can, also the number one bestseller, Guide to Healing Chronic Pain, A Holistic Approach. And if you don't have a copy of my book, you can get the first six chapters free on my website, www.karencan.com. And today we're going to talk about money and kids. Now, when I was trying to figure out how to get myself out of debt, I had a, you know, just went through a divorce and was really kind of depressed about my financial situation. I read a book by T. Harvecker and called The Millionaire Mind and realized that I had adopted and absorbed a lot of negative money programming from my youth. Um, whether or not my parents and loved ones meant to, obviously, they didn't mean to like put this programming in me, but it certainly kept me from being as abundant as I could. Things like, um, you know, how many of us have heard, you know, money doesn't grow on trees or, you know, uh, uh wealthy people are snotty or they're mean or you know rich people all are bad having you know money's the root of all is evil you know all these kinds of negative programmings and then we wonder why our children grow up to be adults that struggle in the money arena well today's guest is an award-winning children's author daniel Britton, and he's written a series of books called the financial fairy tales books and we'll be talking to him about the different books that he has out already and what the messages are. And I'm so excited about these books because, for, well, I don't have kids, but, you know, when I was going through this whole, you know, process myself, I thought, oh, wouldn't it be so great if somebody could write children's books? And we don't have children's books that have these, you know, positive financial values. And it was like magic. You know, my wish was granted. So, uh, and I've gotten these books for my sister who does have kids. And she was like, why did you get me these books? And I'm like, well, it's a long story, but they're great. Uh, so I'm so excited to have uh, Daniel with us uh, today. Now, he has expertise in, obviously, financial education. He comes from a background of financial services with over 15 years as a teacher and a school leader. Um, so that enables him to bring essential financial concepts to life. And how cool that we have him here um, from the UK. Uh, welcome, Daniel. Hey, Karen. Lovely to be here. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Our pleasure. Well, and, uh, you know, just in case you're just joining us um, on the air, everyone, uh, if you want to ask Daniel a question, the number to call in is 818-514-1190. And just hit one so we know your hand is up. Again, the number is 818-514-1190. So, Daniel, what prompted you to create these children's books in the first place? Yeah, I think it's like a lot of things. It's a combination of factors. And um, as you rightly said, my, my background was in teaching. And prior to that, I worked in financial services and banks. And I was always interested in money, in the stock market, and investments, all that sort of stuff. And um, I, I came out and was a teacher for, like you say, about 15 years. And then I found myself in consultancy where I was training teachers and working with schools to improve and so on. Um, I was doing a lot of miles. I was driving up and down the UK, um, 
which is considerably smaller than the US, obviously, but I was still spent <laughs> a lot of time in the car. And um, uh, I think it was, uh, is it Brian Tracy coined the phrase university on wheels? Could be. Um, yeah, I think it was Brian Tracy. So he said, you know, use your commute time for learning. And, and I did just that. I was listening to audio books by some of the people you mentioned, T. Harvecker, um, Brian Tracy, Jim Rohn, um, mm. Tony Robbins, uh, Laurel Langmire. So I was getting a really good kind of positive and, uh, and financial information. And um, one day I was in a primary school and they said, we've got a, an interesting speaker in today. We're going to be talking about money with, with the primary school kids. That's the equivalent of your elementary school. So these kids are probably about seven or eight. So uh, I was interested because, you know, I was, I'd come from a banking background and so on. And you know what? It was so dull. It was so dull. You know, the, the guy turned up in a gray suit and, you know, gray pallor, and he just talked about things that were beyond the reach of these kids, you know, about debt and about pensions and about, oh, it was just really <laughs> awful. And it, I think it just put a seat in my mind because, as I said, I was listening to all this great empowering stuff about money and about mindset. And I thought, you know, these kids need to know, you know, rather than leaving it till we're adults, um, plant some positive seeds in their minds now. And then hopefully they won't have to go through the transitions that it sounds like you and I have both made, you know, trying to unpick the damage that was done in our early childhood. Um, so I went away and then over the next couple of weeks, just, just wrote a little story that I gave to the, the kids in the school. Um, and they really enjoyed it. And they said, you know, you should maybe do some teaching resources, some materials and so on. Um, and it just kind of grew from there. Uh, as you say, I've, I've done four books now and activities for teachers and for schools and so on. And um, it's gone very well. Oh, fantastic! Oh, that's that's such a blessing that um, you know that that you saw this need and filled it. Um, so, can you tell us, um, you know, one by one, each of the books, what their names are, and kind of maybe what some key um, key learnings are for each of those books? Mm, yeah, gladly. Yeah, the first one was called Dreams Can Come True, um, and that was a really centered on um, a young man who had fairly limited. Uh, upbringing and, and subsequently limiting beliefs about his potential. And I kind of centered it around a guy who wanted to ride horses. And um, all the stories are set in a kind of a medieval realm, you know, kind of a fairy tale with, with kings and queens and witches and goblins and all that sort of thing. Um, and so this guy wanted to ride his horses and he was told that, you know, you have to be rich to have a horse of your own and it's not for the likes of us. Um, mm. And then he's inspired by his uncle, who's got the sort of beginnings of a of a business. And um, his, his uncle takes him under his wing and acts as a sort of a mentor um, to to blast through these these sort of beliefs. And along the way, he, he earns money for himself. He trains other people. He saves a little bit. Um, and he just kind of grows into the person he wants to become. Um, and there's a sort of a a, um, a relationship story in there because he wants to marry the uh, the daughter of a duke and the, the father of the duke doesn't think he's worthy because he's just a woodcutter and so on. Um, so it's kind of a nice story about empowerment and about taking action and and, um, and believing in yourself. Oh, I love uh, so that. that. Was yeah, thank you. It was nice. It was. It just sort of came to me. I find writing stories quite easy. I feel like I've got a kind of a message to give and, and I find the 
the stories come come out of my imagination quite quickly. Mm. Um, so uh, the second one, um, this, this one I almost sort of felt like I downloaded it. I was in bed one Sunday morning, I had this idea about teaching kids about saving and about compound interest. And I just stayed up in bed with a cup of coffee and a notebook and, and almost <laughs> put the whole story in, in one go. <laughs> Um, which is a great way to do it. I think the editing and the uh, and everything else that goes with it takes a little longer, but the right. actual story was was uh, was And um, so that one was called the the last gold coin, and um, it, it centres around uh, a sort of a kingdom that 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 uh, was was quite wealthy and money came quickly and easily, and they were sort of gold miners and they could just pick it up out of the stream um, and find it very very comfortably. And then it was, well, what happens one day when the money runs out? And it was a little bit of a, of a sort of a parable for, the, for our times where, you know, in the, in the late, um, in the last decade, you know, credit was easy and, and we thought it was going to go on forever. And all of a sudden, you know, the banks pulled the plug and, and the financial crisis and so on. And it, it kind of really hit hard a lot of people. Um, so the, the story has that as a sort of a subplot. Um, and then, you know, on a on a lighter scale, you know, there's a witch who steals the money from the castle and leaves behind just one gold coin. Um, but because uh, the, the new king has been so kind and good, it magically doubles every day. Um, so you need to teach that concept that if you invest money over a long period of time, it can it can grow into something more substantial. Um, so that that one, you know, with the one coin becomes two, becomes four, eight, sixteen, and so on, um, and then eventually bursts out of the vault. Um, oh, neat! Yeah, so that that was um, that was fun. And then uh, the third one is called the Magic Magpie, um, and this is a kind of a twist on um, Jack and the Beanstalk. Uh, if you know that one, where Jack gets sent off to market to to buy a cow, and he ends up with some magic beans. Um, uh, but but in this story, uh, the 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 girl in question buys a magpie that can hunt for treasure, um, and it, it's kind of the, the message is don't fall for get rich quick schemes. That sometimes if it looks too good to be true, it often is. Mm-hmm. So um, in this story, the magpie finds some treasure. She scoops it all up and spends it like there's no tomorrow. But then the real owner of the treasure, who's a giant comes and uh, wants it back and she hasn't got the money to pay for it and um, so then she has to really kind of rack her brains and think well what can I do what is it I'm good at how can I turn the situation around um, so it's about resourcefulness it's about honesty it's about um, taking responsibility for your own your own actions and your own situation oh neat Mm. Very good. How um, about the last one? Yeah, the last one is is, is a brand new release. Um, only literally hit the press only about a week ago, um, so I'm really really pleased with it. Uh, it's called the Troll Bridge, and it's um, if you imagine a, a valley with one way in or out, and it goes over a bridge, and underneath the bridge is moved in a troll, and the troll comes out and and charges people for going in or out of the valley. And um, the idea was um, about taxation, I suppose, to say to kids, well, you know, why do we pay tax? Where does it go? What's it for? Um, and the inspiration, really, my, my parents live um, a couple of hours away, and a shortcut 
is via this old troll <laughs> toll bridge, excuse me, toll bridge. <laughs> and um, there's a there's a guy there collecting the money. I mean, it's only it's literally like a dollar or you know, you know it's about seventy p in the UK, and and he's there day and night. You know, I've gone over there early on a Sunday morning or late on a Friday night, and he's always there collecting the money. And I thought, well, how much must they take each day to make it worthwhile for this guy to be stood there in all winds and weathers and you know in the pouring rain collecting this one dollar at a time? And I think that planted a seed that maybe I could use that curiosity. To, to try and teach kids about, you know, who are curious about money and, and where where things go and why things work. Ah, I see, I see. So um, this is not an, an anti-tax book then? <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely not. No, it, it's just that, that curiosity, you know, where money comes from. I think it was uh, another a Jim Rohn quote about, you know, I love taxation. You know, the more money I make, the more tax I spend. But I'm, you know, I'm, I'm delighted it's that way around. So, um, it's it's certainly not about um, avoiding tax or tax is bad. It's just that curiosity for younger kids. Mm, I see. I see. Now, do you have kids of your own, Daniel? Yes, I've got a little girl who's uh, coming up for three. So I tried to share the stories with her, but she's a little bit too young. Yeah. Um, stop me trying, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, never too early, really. They're always watching us. Yeah. That's for sure. Um, and how how is, you know, you've done so much, you know, reading and, and listening and, you know, personal growth. Um, how's it shifted your personal life? Um, it, it's been it's been great. It's it, you know what it's made me. I kind of believe in myself a little bit more that I do have this mm. message to, to give out, and it can help a lot of people. And I'm not going to be able to reach a lot of people if I stay, you know, playing a small game and being quite humble about everything. I need to get out there and share the message, and and that makes you a bit more vulnerable, doesn't it? it makes you a bit more right. exposed. To criticism, and there are people, you know, who say the books are capitalist or they're, you know, they're not accurate or whatever. And, and you just, the, the more people who read them, the more critical people will come forward. But I think, you know, you can play a very small game and, you know, not risk that criticism, or you can just go out there and, and the majority of people love it, you know, and there are always one or two who don't, but, you know, so be it. Mm. Yeah, that that's a that's a perfect um uh analogy to, you know, all of your books and especially the the first one um just about, you know, being who we really are and and having our dreams and having that mission and for you um you know, it it totally fits, you know, with who you are. And I'm so glad because I mean, like I said I had wished for something like that, but there was, you know, my expertise was definitely not in the financial arena and and I had so many other busy things to do and things that I'm good at that I'm so happy that we can attract, you know, other people in our lives and our sphere of influence that do love you know, uh, what they do and, and are different from us and, and so we can complement each other in so many wonderful ways. It's fantastic, yeah. I, I mean, since I've really committed to this path and decided this is this is the way I'm going to go in the future, there's been so many people who've come forward to help and, and express interest and introduce me to people. Um, you know, it, it really is quite miraculous and I'm I'm so very grateful to that. Ah, yeah, and I, I think that's another example of just when we're really in our soul's purpose 
um, that some things you just end up uh, synchronicities, you know, so, so-and-so knows so-and-so and then, you know, creates bigger energy. And instead of struggling to, to put something out there, it's, um, there's more ease and, and it's a kind of a natural flow. You know, I'm an energy worker, so I kind of talk about everything in energy terms, but um, it's so obvious, you know, in this case that there's just a lot of energy and there's, you know, people that, that want to back it because it's just what they feel like it's the right thing to do. So congratulations. Thank you very much. Yeah. So do you have plans for future books? I'm sure you do. <laughs> I don't know whether it's a secret, but just curious to know. Other yeah, themes. most definitely. Yeah, I'm working on um, one for uh, hopefully will come out before Christmas. Um, and that is looking at um, risk sort of investment, a bit like the, the, the Bible story, if you're familiar about the, um, the parable of the talents, where someone's given some money and they just bury it in the ground because they're afraid of losing it. So it's a bit like that, and I'm going to base it on a, um, a merchant who goes away and leaves um, money with his three daughters. Because um, right throughout the books, I've, I've been very conscious of, of keeping a good gender balance and keeping positive mm-hmm. role models for both. Um, you know, I've got a friend who's a, who's a very sort of strong feminist, and, and you know, right at the start, she was saying, well, "I don't want this to be, you know, knights in shining armor rescuing maidens who are helpless and all of that." You know, <laughs> you, need, you need to kind of be aware of it, and and it's something that kind of does resonate with me. That I, you know, I think after 15 odd years in education as well, you, you kind of you know, the importance of a good of a good um, gender balance as well. So that that's uh, that's something I, I believe in quite strongly as well. Well, I did notice that uh, when you were talking. I was like, wow, he's really paid attention to the whole, you know, male-female thing. So it's not just about the guys know everything and the girls are just daintily, you know, receiving it. Um, the girls go through kind of the same personal growth as the guys do. So thank you for, for honoring that. Okay. Well, Daniel, um, where can people get a copy of, or copies, I should say, of your books? Where is it available and what's your website? Yeah, great. Um, Amazon um, are distributor in, in most parts of the world. So Amazon.com, and then if you search for Financial Fairy Tales, um, or and come directly to my website, which is thefinancialfairytales.com, um, and there's samples of books available and, and, and lots of images and things like that that people can uh, have a look at. All right, so thefinancialfairytales.com, is that right? That's right, yeah. Okay, perfect. And and what what, what is the recommended um, age group, uh, you know, for your books, would you say? I think if someone's giving a gift. Yeah, anywhere between about five and ten, depending on, you know, at the younger end, if adults are reading them. I had this kind of romantic image of, of parents or grandparents reading bedtime stories you know, and mm. so that sort of five, six-year-old bedtime story would be perfect, and um, right up to about ten um, for for those who are more independent readers. I, I was in a, a school just just last week and did did a workshop with with kids who were nine and ten, and that seemed to be a good a good fit for them as well. Ah, okay. Now, any thoughts about um, kind of those? I kind of call it the lost teenage years. So say we've got kids that are older that we haven't really captured yet, you know, be, because they're uh, older than when you published your books. 
Um, so I have, you know, a niece who's coming into that, uh, you know, 12, 13, you know, range. Um, any any sort of plans on helping that, that age group at all? Yeah, most definitely. I mean, it's very important. At every age, there seems to be a real need, you know, whether that's sort of in between age or right into teenage and young adulthood. Um, I'm working on a uh, an online project um, which we call the Personal Finance Academy, and that's going to be online learning for the older age group who can access information independently. Um, that's going to be launching in the UK later this year, and then hopefully we'll be looking at doing international versions. Um, the, the Financial Fairy Tales books, uh, I almost had in mind from day one that they would have a, an international universal appeal because they don't talk about pounds and pence or dollars and cents. It's, you know, it's very um, accessible by anyone. But I think as children get older, it needs to be more currency-specific and, and society-specific. Um, and it gets clumsy if you start talking about pounds and or dollars and or euros and or, you know, yen oh. or whatever. So I think it needs to be uh, country-specific. I see. And and this is something that teenagers would be able to access, you're envisioning? Yeah, that, that's my goal, um, that, that teenagers would be able to access that either independently or through schools or church groups or, you know, whatever youth organization they're part of. Uh, so now you're saying that the UK version you're launching later this year. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so what are the what are the sort of skill sets or things that you're going to be teaching online for these kids? I, I had the realization a while back that a lot of financial education is is kind of about prevention, and you know you, you, it's about credit and debt and payday lenders and budgeting and you know that sort of stuff and it, it can be a little bit one dimensional i wanted to also include um some more possibility in terms of um you know where money comes from and, and wealth creation and fostering an entrepreneurial mindset and a, a can do attitude um, so although, you know, obviously it's very important to teach about budgeting and, and debt and things like that, but have it balanced with, with the more um, possibility and the, um, you know, where money can come from and how, how young people can, can create their own destiny. Ah, I see. And is this going to be in the form of webinars or audio downloads or smartphone apps or how, how is it going to be formatted? Yeah, very much um, multimedia experience. So there'll be, be training videos. I'm also interviewing um, successful young people um, to, to provide real case studies and inspiration um, and bring industry experts. So there might be somebody who's uh, an expert on, on real estate, somebody who knows the stock market, um, you know, somebody who's come from a, a, a very humble background and maybe gone through university and is now... Uh, leading a company or whatever, you know, so a range of, uh, of of experiences for the for the members will be able to see um, different different routes that, that resonate with them really, where, where they can what they can aspire towards. I think, and I think in, you know in in many parts of the world, there's a problem with youth and aspiration. They don't really know what they want or how they want right. it, and you know that that can kind of lead to. Um, 
I don't know if it's, it's part of the whole depression and, and sort of feeling bad about yourself. If you don't really know what you want and you're in touch with your purpose, then you can kind of just drift through your days and, and not really achieve your potential. That is true. That is true. And I think that that age group is kind of that lost age group because they haven't, like, you know, you and I, you know, in our 30s, 40s, 50s, whatever, you know, just going, wow, I'm really missing this piece and I'm going to search out this information and these these inspiring people and I'm going to find, you know, who I need. Whereas at that age group, you're still finding yourself. So, you know, they really need something very specific for, for their age group, I feel, anyway. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, and, and hopefully, um, as I said, I've been a teacher for a number of years and, you know, spent a lot of time around young people in this age group. And I'll also bring in other people um, who they can they can be inspired by um, to see you know what's possible because if if you see somebody else who's overcome challenges that you're facing or has pushed beyond boundaries that that you know that are in your peer group, then I'm hoping that they'll get the message that you know if they can do it, then why can't I? Mhm. Yeah, absolutely. And what do you what are you going to call this program? And and if and I don't know whether you have a price for it. I'm just curious what something like that would be um, going for. Mm. Well, at the moment in the UK, it's um, the Personal Finance Academy. Okay. Um, whether that whether that will work in, in in different markets, different parts of the world, um, and. I wanted to go, I've done a lot of work with schools and I want to make it as, uh, available to schools, but also um, bypass schools to go direct to parents as well. Because if you're a parent and your son or daughter is getting ready to go off to university or has just started working and getting their own, you know, they're becoming financially responsible for their own money, there's a need. And, and if, if the schools are slow in adopting financial education or, or prevent or let a guy, you know, way back when I was talking about, you know, gave a very dry, very boring approach to it. Right. But they're not going to, they're not going to get switched on, you know, and I wanted to make it available to different people. Um, so a number of parents have, have approached me and said, you know, where can we get our hands on this information? So that, that's kind of speeded up my, my mission to make it, make it available. Um, it's likely to be um, in the sort of, let's say, 15 to 20 pounds, which would be 20 to 30 dollars as a monthly subscription with new content being added and, and that sort of uh, that sort of model. Mm, okay, excellent, excellent. And then, is there um, is there kind of an age upper age limit as far as who is it appropriate for? Well. You know, it's strange because when when you do things for kids, so many parents say, "Gosh, I need this." You yeah, know? <laughs> thinking that. <laughs> um, it's it's weird, you know. And in a way, when you when you write things for the kids, that's that's the secondary game that the parents are getting it, and they're having conversations in the home or in the classroom or the staff room at at schools. Um, so I don't really think there's an upper age group. I think what I'm trying to do is make it specific for young people using language and examples that they can identify with um, rather than having a broad market. But then there's absolutely no reason why somebody who's a little bit older and interested in this specific element wouldn't be able to tap into the information as well. Mm, 
Okay, that sounds good. And so are there specific lessons or is a membership where you kind of go wherever you want to and, you know, learn whatever you want to? Yeah, at the moment I'm thinking of making it quite open in that people can find their own route um, and then add new content all the time. So there, there might be a, a monthly interview with um, an inspirational character um, and then new content added in particular areas. But um, I think to keep it open so people can choose what resonates mostly with them, that's that's how I feel at the moment. But there might be an opportunity to do a more a more sort of streamlined course, you know, like a six-week program on on um, wealth creation or on debt elimination or things like that. Mm. Um, once the platform is created, then then hopefully there will be some flexibility. Oh, that that sounds great. I, I I really like the balance that you have there because uh, you know with uh, you know some of the the teachers that we've. Uh, both listen to you know T. Harbecker and you know everybody Brian Tracy and and a lot of it's focused on making more money and and there's a little bit on um, you know managing your money uh, maybe Laura Langmore's a little better at that one teaching that piece but some of the boring stuff is really necessary and what I found was I was so attracted by the the you know the um, the creativity part that all the boring stuff I didn't do and that was definitely a hole you know uh in in what I was doing and uh then I uh somebody introduced me to Dave Ramsey who's very big here in the US and he he teaches through church groups um uh, mostly and he was was very grounded you know very much you know budget why you need a budget but he's very entertaining so it was very easy to follow his pro he has like a six step you know, uh, program, but what he doesn't do is he doesn't inspire people to be entrepreneurs or to really tap into their gifts to earn more. It's just more like how conservatively can you save money and, you know, be financially free that way. So I think it's really cool that you've kind of married the two, uh, and I think that's really important. Thank you. Yeah, I, I think so. You know, a friend of mine in, in California actually came up with the expression wings and wheels. So wings to sort of inspire people, make them fly, but wheels to sort of run you along the ground and, so you can reach takeoff uh, and land safely, hopefully. So, yeah, that kind of, I've got that in mind, wings and wheels, I like that. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much, Daniel. We really appreciate you being on the call today. And uh, so the, the website to go to everyone is thefinancialfairytales.com. And you can get his book on Amazon real easy. Um, wonderful, wonderful work. Thank you so much for being with us today. Absolute pleasure, Karen. Really enjoyed it. Okay. Take care. And bye, everyone. Thanks for listening in. Until next time. <laughs>